This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery, like McKenna, brings a top-tier lineup. With Leaf Davis-esque delivery right to your door, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app. And you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only by app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Hello everybody and welcome to the Blue Monday podcast. We have waited, well, not particularly long given it's a World Cup summer, but the football season is upon us now and I am giddy with excitement again. We gave you the renegade stat man, but even, well, should I say even greater? Ipswich Town legend of TWTD, please welcome to the podcast and say hello harry from bath hello everyone how you doing harry um where do people know you from and how long have you been doing your legendary uh, match previews well i'm i'm one of those sad people who goes back to the robson era um, get me going on bobby robson and it'll be half an hour before you can um you, you can escape um but the 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 blogs I started doing, it, it struck me. It goes back to the the seven one defeat against Peterborough. I went on to we TWTD. Ha- do we have to talk about that? <laughs> God, live on Sky. Let, live on Sky. Let's 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 start with the only way is up. Um, it. I remember going on TWTD and noting that we were going around in circles. There were obvious problems. The midfield was dysfunctional. It was led better, and um, Andrews, I think it was. And it was it, it just wasn't working. And we had a two red cards that day. And it struck me what let's find out what other fans are saying because we're just talking amongst ourselves. So I went over to Derby and said, Paul Jewell, what's the story? Tell us what are we missing here? And to be fair to the Derby fans, they were friendly and they came back with the fact that Jewell was tactically weak in games. He couldn't change things up. He was good at spotting talent. He'd done well with Heskey, for example, at Wigan. But he was also slightly defeatist. They were the three simple bullet points they gave me. And it kind of gave me, made me realize that there's a, there's a wealth of information on other forums, both in terms of tactically what's going on within a team, but also the wider mood, how they're feeling. And they often have insights on us as well that we won't see. And it started just doing, going up, you know, whoever we were playing. This has gone back, so it's, we're talking... Well, what year was 20, that Peterborough game? 
Yeah, that was what, 20, was it 2013? It was something like that. I remember it with horror because I used to watch the football league show and I never used to remember the score during the day. I'd always blot the score out. And I'd, and then they said, oh, we're starting with Ipswich against Peterborough. Yeah, so I said, well, oh, yeah. God, we're, we're first up. How brilliant. So I had a cup of tea and some chocolate biscuits and I was looking forward. And then we scored first, thinking, oh, this is getting even better. And then all hell broke loose. <laughs> and it made me realise that we could go down and it's the first time we've taken being in the two for granted for decades and it suddenly realized it suddenly hit me we could be in trouble here and this is this this cannot pass this this must, must we must do something about it anyway so um so we, when we started playing other teams, I just started going on to their message boards beforehand. And there's a wealth of stuff there if you go looking for it. Um, it's not my opinion. It's trying to find it, piecing together what they're thinking. And from that, you can, you, you can, you can learn a, a huge amount. For example, last year, when we played Norwich in August, we were all worried about, oh, they've got Oliveira, they've got all these players. When you actually went on the Canaries' websites, they were all banging on about Madison. And you know we wouldn't have thought, oh, who's Madison? So the idea being that the players we think, the players with the reputations, often are not the danger men, and vice versa. The players who you think are going to be utterly unheralded, they'll have somebody coming up on the on the rails that we simply won't know anything about. So that's really where it all started from. It just and it's kind of snowballed from there, and then. Gav and Phil on TWTD were brilliant. Phil is an outstanding journalist, and I've learned so much in terms of preparation from him and little little um, technical rewrites and just phrasing, etc. Plus the importance of triangulating and trying to stand up your information. And then Gav with his formations, and you know, Gav's a tech wizard. So it's kind of evolved from there to the point now that when we do the notes, it hopefully when people are going to a game, we know everything about who we are, but we know nothing about who they are. And hopefully when you go to a game, it'll give you if you even if you come away with two, three, two or three things about things to look out for on the other side, well, that's I feel that we've actually done something. And now here we are and Blue Monday listeners and viewers, you are very, very lucky because we can tell you now that Harry will be on the podcast doing our previews now so it's going to be a bit different last year we went to um we went to opposition fans which was great um i must admit it was bloody hard work for me (laughs) finding them all the time but um what i will say is that harry often knows more than (laughs) more about the opposition than the the opposition do so um so the plan is harry you're going to be here um each week uh, for the yep. preview shows and yep. your um, your articles are still going to be on TWTD but we're going to yep. try and flesh it out uh, a little bit and you can you know explain to our listeners who can't read the website in their car when they're driving into work um, what's going to happen um, yep. in all the games coming up right? That's the theory hopefully we'll give you a, a good simple verbal narration and sometimes there isn't space on the on the notes to be able to give you, you know, there might be other little bits that there just isn't room to fit in. So hopefully anyway, as I say, when you pitch up at the game, we'll give you some idea who we're playing and how the two teams then mirror against each other. And if, well, if, as I say, if it adds 5% to, the, to, to your enjoyment of watching town play, well, I feel we'll have done something. Fingers crossed. So every uh, July, Harry, you, go into some nuclear bunker for about two weeks and do this litany. I'm sure all the TWTD uh, 
readers will know about this. So you are now finishing up your um, mass championship preview. So what we're going to try and do today is, and we might chop some of these up for ease of access on YouTube. We're going to try and do a little bit on every team before we get to uh, Blackburn on Saturday and kind of summarise um, what's going on. Now, the big caveat is that this is changing by the hour, by the day with this transfer yeah. window, right? Yeah. So um, we'll we'll record this and we'll get this up. But if someone signs for someone two hours later, then you know we try our best to we try our best to keep up. Um, so Harry, where are we going first? Right. Well, we'll start with, um, I think we'll start as I did. I like to do this geographically. So generally start in the north, work our way down northeast, northwest, down through the West Midlands, along the M4 corridor to London, and then and, we, and then up, up the A140, see, see what's going on up the road in Norwich, and then, and then leave Blackburn until the very end, because we'll do it, we'll do it, we'll have a proper look at them um, ahead of Saturday. So my thinking is in, in this session, we'll cover, hopefully, um, Middlesbrough, Hull, Leeds, both the Sheffield teams and Rotherham. So we'll just give you a, a sense, an overview of what the salient issues are, anything to look out for and, and what the general mood is as well in each of the camps. So we're probably going to be starting with the title favourites, I, I think. Don't you? Do you agree, Harry? A lot of people have them up there. It's, it's actually an interesting thing to start to comment to make before we actually launch into these. Nobody knows anything, if I can put it like that, in the sense that you're looking at all the league predictions and they're all over the place. So many pundits have us down sub 17th, 18th, 19th, and even in the relegation spots. And anybody, you know, if you were at the West Ham game on Saturday, people came away, particularly from the first half, gushing. So the, the, the championship is never the same in, in any given year. This year is unique in that there's a cohort of teams, and I would include Stoke, West Brom, Swansea, Villa, Derby, Borough, all of, of whom have money, but all of whom have problems that need fixing. And then there's this other group of what I call the progressives. So Preston, Bristol City, Sheffield United, Brentford, and where we aspire to be, I think, as Ipswich, uh, as a Ipswich as a club, who don't have the same amount of money, but all of whom have a coherent plan and are working to a model which, mit which mitigates against the lack of money that they've got. So in that sense, anything could happen this season. My sense is that last year, the money teams plus Cardiff came through in the end. I'm not so sure this time. I'm really not so sure. I think I think it really is wide open. Interesting. So, I totally yeah. agree. Um, I'll call it the Millwall model. That if you have, yeah. if you have a plan, um, yeah. you have a regular first 11 and you don't get too many injuries... Yes, you'll probably do. All, you'll probably do all right. But anyway, so we're going to the we're going to the northeast, yeah. and we're going to um, Middlesbrough first. What, what yeah. are you thinking, Harry? We need to talk about Tony. We need to talk <laughs> about Pulis. It's interesting. When we played them in May, there was they were relaxed. They were phlegmatic. They were thinking, well, this was a trial year. He took over from the chaos of Gary Monk, and put a solid model together, a playoff dry run before the coming season. And this is the year when they'd have the big push. Interesting, 
going on their message boards now, they're a lot more nervous. And a number of things have tipped them over. The the playoffs against Aston Villa, a West Brom fan actually went on to the Borough website and talked about this. He said he watched the second leg of the Aston Villa game. They were a goal down. and instead, I, Harry, I, I was there. Were you there? Yeah. Instead, of ch- instead of chasing the game, he said instead of chasing the game, it was a bit like our game against Sheffield United when we could we should have really gone for it under Mick. They, he said that they sat back and waited for a set piece to come along. And he said, I don't know if this is true, that they had no shots on target, but it was more the intent. It was, that, that, that's, that's absolutely true. There was, um, they double-marked um, Traore. They, um, Villa, Villa just sat on a 1-0 lead the whole game and Borough had nothing. There was a contentious... Yeah. The, the Villa goalkeeper stuck his arm out outside the... Um, outside the box and a mm. different ref in a different situation would have would have red carded him and, and right. Borough, Borough would have got through but you're right it was very much a sense of let's wait for something in our favour to happen rather than look here's Traore here's Downing here's Asombolonga let's let's score our goal yeah yeah it's and in that sense if Martin Waghorn's being linked with them I'm not sure where he fits in because you've got your stead and Asombolonga as a strike force, and if they were bringing him in, would it be as a set piece specialist? He has a, we all know about his wand of a left foot. So just bringing it back to Ipswich, I, I, I can, yeah, he's he's good, and we're we don't want to lose him. But if I could see where he'd fit in with Derby, and we'll come on to that, on, you know, in another piece. But I cannot, I'm struggling to see where he fits in because they have been playing four three three. They brought in Paddy McNair from from Sunderland and I think the idea is to have breaking midfielders. You have him and Housen with Clayton with Clayton doing the sitting. You've got Traore. The other problem is they've got Downing on the left. And even last year they were they were worried that Downing may not have the legs to be a to be a viable midfield to be a viable left winger. Bamford was the stand in, but now Bamford of course has now gone to Leeds. The other thing which has unnerved them is Aidan Flint. Um, the kind of centre half come goal goal scorer. I mean, I remember watching him at Ashton Gate. Him and Christoph Berra just knocking lumps out of each other. <laughs> they'd they'd get us. Brist, Bristol City would win a corner, and you could see Flint trundling up the field, and we all knew what was coming. And I think that again, in terms of are we just playing for set pieces? In a way, Flint is probably the worst sign he could possibly make. They're, they they have got a good team. Their starting eleven is excellent. You've got Shotton, Flint. Gibson friend as a back four. You've got Randolph and goal. It's a it's it's an absolutely rock solid uh, Harry, team. Harry, Harry, sorry to interrupt. When when I saw Flint sign, I just assumed yeah. right that's Gibson, that's Gibson off. Is 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 the sense that he's once the transfer window closes, he'll be in the Premier League somewhere. And Flint was the, you know, Flint was it, the Flint was Flint, Flint was the stand-in. I think um, they, they they are worried about that he is. He, there is a worry that between now and the, and the transfer win that they could lose him. Gibson, probably of their players, was one of the ones who they're kind of looking nervously at and hoping that they don't lose him. I, would, I think that's fair. Sorry, that, ca- that's, carry on, carry on through that eleven. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, no, no, you're fine. That's um. So just get my screen back up on here. Um, You've just done the that, land, the land of the giants, back four. <laughs> okay, it is, which is exactly what it is. Um, but uh, there we go. Um. Yeah, they've, as I say, they, you know, with Randolph in goal behind them, they are rock solid. No question about that. They won't concede many goals, you know, and you've got Clayton acting as a, 
as as a kind of Praetorian guard in front of them. And I think the hope I think he's hoping that with Housen and McNair, McNair's McNair's quite a, an industrious player. Housen can pick a pass, and Housen is actually dangerous, as we know, when he drifts up to the edge of the penalty area. He can, you know, he does have a decent peg on him, and he can get a good shot away. But um, as I say, the worry for them is there's going to be an over reliance on set pieces and. Uh, the final thing I'd say on Borough is that if things start going wrong, if they make a poor start to the season, I'm not sure the crowd are going... They're a patient supporter base from the Borough fans I know. I'm not sure how patient they're going to be. If, if, if they make an indifferent start to the season, it could go a little bit like it went here with Mick last year. Um, two things before we move on. Um, Traore was one of the most glorious... Um, players I saw last season one of the fastest you know just just for pure entertainment was great um what do you make on him possibly to Wolves and the other thing um we had Mikey on the podcast a couple of weeks said he can see Borough through the whole winter churning out 10 home wins 1-0 not conceding any goals is that is that the way they're going to do it and what happens if Traore goes if Traore goes I, I, I presume they will have. There's nothing being said on their site about a replacement, but that there's been no obvious name. But he will be a loss. There's been very little comment about him going. Um, whereas before May, before our game in May, it was all about he was the main man for them. Um, so it could. I don't. I could Pulis reconfigure and go to a four four two, or 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 change the model in some way to accommodate him going, and maybe play with two strikers up front, Waghorn and Sambalong or Gasset, if if that's the way he's thinking. Um, but um, there's there's I've picked up nothing to suggest that he is actually leaving. But as I say, we're we're talking to each other at a time when things are incredibly fluid. Absolutely. Where are we going next, Harry? Yeah. Um, let's head down the coast to Hull. Do we have to? Um, we do. No, Hull. <laughs> I've I've a lot of affection for Hull. Actually, I think they've been they've been through hell in many ways. With you know the owners are deeply deeply mistrusted, and this they're they're a team. Who's parishing here and. Just the simple, the simplistic summing up of Slutsky was, I would love to have a beer with him. He's the nicest man in the world. I give <laughs> seven days a week, but I do not want him managing my football team. He was, a, he's a romantic. He fell in love with English football. He came over. He learned the language. He wanted him. This was his big moment, and it didn't happen. And there were, there were, they had a couple of Chelsea loanees I remember foisted on them who didn't work out. They were kind of the make, they were makeweights, and he had a very unbalanced. Team. And basically, um, Nigel Adkins, who has come in, he has been unpicking that team and getting rid of the the problems on some players who they know they're inevitably going to lose. And he's kind of rebuilding a good. It's he's been he's been very. I have a lot of time for what Adkins has done. Actually, he's actually he's rebuilt the team in a very durable way. It's it will. It's got a solid mid-table season written all over it with no injuries possible playoff run I would say so for example the players who've gone just to run through some of the names Abel Hernandez turned down a new contract for them did they pay um, 10 million for him they did yeah it was, wow. it was a mad amount of money the other player who's gone is the Brentford fullback uh, Moses Odebajo do you remember him the right right mm. back really peppery player he's 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 gone and um 
David Mailer gone, gone to Reading. Seb Larson has gone back to Sweden. Um, Alan McGregor has gone to Glasgow Rangers. Michael Dawson, who they were saying actually was starting to lose his legs. He wasn't that fast. He's actually gone to Nottingham Forest. Um, and um, Max Clark, who was one of the younger players they had, he's now gone. He's actually, Slutsky is now with Vitesse Arnhem. I think he's actually good friends with Abramovich, but he's ended up with Chelsea's kind of, um, they're, they're a club who Chelsea have a special relationship with, I think. And Slutsky has now relocated there. But who have they brought in? They've been very clever. They haven't gone mad, but they've brought in a good mix of youth and experience. Um, he has particularly strengthened def- the defence. Eric Lehigh has come in, the fullback from Nottingham Forest. He used to play for Villa. He's arrived. Um, they've got a guy called Jordi Devies, who's come in from PSV Eindhoven. Rhys Burke, um, the young lad from West Ham, he's joined them as well. And he was on loan last season at Bolton. Um, and Todd Kane, they've got on a season-long loan from Chelsea. So, you know, not Atkins, classic thing, let's put the defence into into some sort of shape. Um, further upfield, just looking at their pre-season lineup, they've still got Evandro. Um, they've got Hendrickson and Stewart in, in anchoring the midfield. Marshall goal, and they've got um, Fraser Campbell up front. Um, Kamil Grzycki is meant to, is going to come back, and they've also signed a Serbian winger, a guy by the name of Milinkovic, and he's your typical winger. One of the comments they said about him was, um, "Where's he gone now?" They were saying that he's, um, yes, he's he's one of those players that could he could be absolutely brilliant, or he could drive you mad. He's your he's your classic winger. But when you look at the team, I mean, you've got a back four: um, Lehigh, Burke, Davies, Kingsley. Hendrickson and Stewart protecting the midfield. Kane and Milinkovic are the side of Evandro with Grozitski to come back if he does. Grozitski was the winger who played for Poland in the World Cup. He'd, he had a good World Cup in a poor team. He was fairly, he was, he was fairly lively. But they're very critical of him without the ball. He tends to switch off. And whether he stays or not is a mood point. But um, the... Um, the, the he basically what you're looking at here is somebody who's actually put the bare, the bones of a decent team together. They've no great expectations of pushing on this year, but if they can stop the decline, I mean the owners are still pretty well tested there. And um, but if they can stop the decline and have a stable season, I think most most Tigers will be very happy with that. Interesting. Um, a couple of questions. Um, first of all, it sounded like all the outs were cutting wages they all sounded like premier league um contracts from two seasons ago and the other thing um what about bowen was he sold and did i miss that i'd say bowen picked up an injury in pre-season he did score against barnsley at the weekend and they he will play an important role in the team this season he scored 15 goals last year yeah and probably the most saleable asset there i would say of what's left yes i would say so it's a team now of decent championship um squad players uh, with with all with with all of the the kind of the, the sugar frosted icing has probably been taken away but f- i think whole fans have got they trust adkins they trust him to put together a decent campaign for them um and uh they um th- 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 they would hope that he will he will provide i wrote down a phrase here stability after the chaos and i think that's probably what they're looking for this year speaking of chaos Shall we go to Leeds, Harry? So, um, if we think of all the most ridiculous things that could ever happen in the Championship, you know, Rafa Benitez, Paul Gascoigne for for Middlesbrough. Let's take the the world's greatest managers. Let's take Pochettino, Guardiola, 
Simeone, who would they all say was their great mentor, Bielsa. Bielsa is managing Leeds. What on earth is going on? You can, you can. The thing, the glorious thing about this league is that it never ceases to surprise you. I was looking when I was researching them. I was looking at a CV. I mean, it is, it is ridiculous. He's played. He has managed. Who hasn't he managed? Really, in a way, is is the you know yeah the CV it includes Espanyol, Marseille, that brilliant Bilbao team, which if I'm not mistaken put Manchester United out of the Europa League a few years ago, Lazio, and then Chile and Argentina. It's it's quite amazing, but there is a problem. And Leeds one one Leeds <laughs> a fan problem summed, at Leeds never. Yeah, <laughs> one Leeds fan summed it up brilliantly. He said, "It's like buying a Lamborghini." And spending all your money on the Lamborghini and then having no mechanics or no fuel to put in it. <laughs> but it's going to be absolutely brilliant, isn't it? Quite remarkable. It really is. I mean, they've now they brought Bamford in this week. So they finally have a striker. They've been playing with Ke- Ke- with Kimar Roof. Um, and the thing about them is that the Leeds fans... If they, the Leeds fans were saying, with Bielsa, they like what he's doing, they can already see in pre-season there's more tempo, there's more octane, there's more energy, there's more vivacity to the team. They're playing with personality and they're all playing at their limits. He said the fitness levels they've been talking about are through the roof. They've not seen anything like it. They are, you know, they're, 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 you know, they're on top of teams. They're pressing. It's industry. It's energy. It's, it's everything you'd expect from him. But the f- quality of the fabric you know, the, the squad that he's inherited hasn't really been upgraded substantially. They were saying that all things being equal, with no extra players, Bielsa will put five places on the team. So with that squad, he would take them from maybe 12, 13, whatever, up to about seventh or eighth, which which isn't enough. He needs he needs some additions. And uh, he plays with the three-man midfield. He has been mixing it. He's, he's famous for this 3-3-1-3 formation, which is an incredibly attacking um system but he has in some of his preseason games gone 4-1-4-1 four, one, four, one. so he's 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 held back a little bit we but again but we're just one holding midfielder rather than two um but he's he has been playing um dallas and alioski out wide with kimar roof up front and roof was the former oxford striker but obviously bringing a player like bamford in i'm intrigued by that because i think that could really work is bamford, bamford going to be the the enganche is he going to be the playmaker behind then <laughs> the, the enganche it's funny Leeds fans at it's, Leeds. it's hilarious they, they must have one of them at Leeds no. they have one of the most cosmopolitan knowledges of football because when Cellino went there a few years ago and of course he started scouting all of the Italian lower leagues so you had Leeds fans coming on talking with great knowledge about what was going on in Carpi and in Salernitana <laughs> they oh, Salernitana have a promising young fullback maybe we should look at him you know it's this kind of wild mad journey that they're going on at the moment but the the, the phrase in Gantt did come up actually now that you I say it, it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh dear undreamed of sophistication it's hilarious so, um Harry the, the question I've got for you is yeah um on paper, we're expecting a back three with a spare man yeah. who's going to bring the ball out. Um, yeah. Wing uh, wing backs stroke wide midfielders. Only one holding midfielder player. Um, the creative guy, yeah. two wide players and a forward doing madcap pressing with um, one spare man at the back the whole time. And um, I suppose they've got Douglas, the, the Wolves wing back, um, in to do yes. that. And if, if Janssen's your yeah. spare man at the back, that's not bad. Are these players anywhere near good enough to do what he's going to ask them? 
I think he has the bones of a squad to actually he, he you can model that shape out of what he's got. I do think they've they've no shortage of strength out wide. I mean, you've got Alioski, you've got Dallas, you've got Ailing and Debock. Ailing, one thing to mention, Luke Ailing, the former Yeovil player, he has been a revelation in 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 um, preseason. And in a way, Bielsa is a full-back's dream, if you think about it. This is when the early games, when they were playing with four at the back, Ailing was scoring all the goals for them. He was <laughs> up the wing. He was having an absolute ball of a time. So in that sense, you know, if you're a full-back, go to Bielsa, because, you know, you're not. it'll be a bit like Fulham last year under Jokanovic, you know, where the full-backs were up sort of polishing the opposition corner flag they were you know they just were you know they were playing with a back two i think bielsa that's 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 his model of operating and i think they will i think you know you will see if you're an attacking wide defender you're gonna have um i think he has got the bare bones to be able to do it with douglas coming in you've got douglas as i say douglas alioski that a roof can play out wide as well so there's no shortage and in the midfield as i say phillips can do a good job kind of you know he can be the kind of regulator as it were in midfield they've got they've been playing with Berardi they've got Cooper as well they have Pontus Janssen to come back as well remember from he was on World Cup duty with Sweden so you drop him in if you remember Janssen was the one who um he put um oh who the which ships which striker was it his one of our strikers he he put him out of the game um who's with Portsmouth now my brain is gone um Pittman, Brett Pittman, forgive me. Yeah, he put Brett Pittman, you know, he, he, he saw to him in one game with a perfectly perfectly legitimate challenge. So they have got some steel in the team, but um, but I don't think it's going to be a team built around steel. I think it's going to be a team built around a Lamborghini. <laughs> wow. It's certainly going to certainly gonna be very, yeah. very interesting. And yeah. A lot of yes. people are saying either 100 points or he'll, he'll be fed up and he'll have walked out by, um, by October, yeah? Yeah, I don't know. Leeds fans love him. They're very happy with him. So he'll have that. He'll have that in his favour. It's worth also mentioning a lot of last year. They went strategically. They went wrong. They brought in was it Antonsen, the Danish manager, and they brought Chris, in an Chris, absolute Christensen. Christensen, forgive me. Sorry, start again. Strategically, Leeds went wrong. They brought in Christensen from the Danish manager, and they went on a European shopping spree. They brought in a stack of players: Vidwald. J. Roy Groth, Sabiki, all these players, uh, Major Gomez, they, a lot of these players have all now quietly left and gone back. It was it, looking back last year was a mistake. Um, they, the, 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 and they've a lot of their time this summer has been spent unpicking the errors they made 12 months ago. Yeah, I, I can't wait. I can't wait. Um, they right, won't be dull. <laughs> no, no, I'm really looking forward to it. Um, oh, just quickly, um, one or two word answer when. When Newcastle came down, I said Benitez was the greatest manager ever to manage in the championship. Does does Bielsa um, does Bielsa beat Benitez's Champions League and stuff? Blue Monday are delighted to be partnered with Talksport Fan Network and NordVPN, giving you the best possible offering for browsing the internet securely. NordVPN opens up global streaming options for content not available in your region by switching your virtual location quicker than Wesburn's running down the wing. NordVPN acts like your cyber Sam Morsey whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like passwords and credit card details from falling into the wrong hands. For about the price of an ITFC match program a month or a Blue Monday Telegram subscription, you can get yourself a NordVPN account which can be used across six different devices. If you need to rapidly change direction like Amari Hutchinson, there's a 30-day money-back guarantee. 
To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Blue Monday or click the link in the podcast or YouTube subscription to be taken straight there. Supporting us here at Blue Monday in the process. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like home comforts. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home advantage with McDelivery. You win. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. God, that's interesting, comparing the two pedigrees. Um, They're very different. They're very different in style. And Benitez is... I have a very good friend who's a Napoli fan. And Benitez was a brilliant squad builder. And he played... He created very balanced teams in a way, in a strange way, a bit like Ancelotti that they've got now, whereas it's, it was less about an out-and-out philosophy of football, whereas Bielsa, for me, is more about the philosophy of football and then give him the players, if that makes sense. Slightly different, a slightly different approach. On balance, for Leeds, I would say Bielsa would be a better, play, a better manager, um, but it's... It, it really is a toss-up. That's not answering your question. No, but no, but it's an uh, interesting... That's, that, that, that's how I'd mirror mer- mer- the two against each other. Interesting yeah. debate. Um, which Sheffield club are we going to first, Harry? Right, let, let's head to Bramall Lane. There's there's a cohort of teams. We mentioned them at the beginning. Um, uh, Brentford, Bristol, Millwall, Preston... And Sheffield United. And one word sums all of these five teams up. Progress. So they outperform their spend, yeah? They outperform their spend. And it's incremental. Year on year, they've come into the championship from lower leagues, got themselves established, taken a look around at the scenery, and then literally just gained altitude as each season season has gone by. Uh, Sheffield United have done it more quickly than others. And they're, um, they're... quietly excited about about the coming season um they had i mean their their, their headline game was one all draw against what was a very decent inter milan team you've always got to be suspicious of italian teams in pre-season whether they really go for it but the, it was a very strong team i think Icardi got the equalizer when david mcgoldrick scored the opening goal for them and um, sticking with their 3-5-2 system um wilder is um is uh, much loved and it's evolution just a couple of players have come in they've brought in dean henderson who was um paul hurst's goalkeeper last Sorry, year at final, yeah yeah um, they've brought in john egan who's the kind of brentford's version of aiden flint another one of these just broken into the irish team and again he gave christoph bearer a time but i think he scored both the goals in their 2-0 win against us at griffin park when the first, one of the first games where mick got an earful from the fans um, but egan again he's an absolute you know he's a steel girder in the back in the in the back three, um, and obviously they brought in they brought in David McGoldrick. They've shipped a lot of fringe players out. So like 
it's again it's this evolutionary thing um clayton donaldson for example he's gone to bolton um who else chet evans has gone to fleetwood you know so a lot of the kind of a lot of the the tangential players the one big name they had a really brilliant prospect david brooks a midfielder 20 year old midfield he's gone that's the one player that they've lost but they're you know they're they're philosophical about that they'll accept you know they're not there yet and it's an opportunity for him to move on at the bournemouth money they've been able to use to to augment the squad with three um decent players two of them two of whom are very experienced in the championship so as i say looking at the team that they've played it's um they do like mcgoldrick but to be fair to them they also recognize that he's not a 46 game a season striker um they think he's going to be the one of the best signings they've they, they've ever made but he lacks the pace of donaldson but as an all-around player he offers so much more we all know this they, they, they've clocked what he's about um, they hope for 20 to 30 appearances many from the bench and never playing twice in the same week so that because you know we've warned them that you know when you get to march april he is, you know, th- there is that possibility of an injury, but um, but hopefully for him, because you know, on his day he was unplayable for us. He'll um, he'll do well for them. Yeah. Um, looking at the team, um, Henderson a goal, Basham, Egan, O'Connell across the back three. O'Connell, O'Connell, Harry, great player. Yeah. Great player. The the th- the the that beating heart of Sheffield, and it's something that everybody overlooks is their midfield you've got lundstrom you've got fleck you've got evans and um they've they've also got um duffy. he's going to, it uh, duffy yes duffy's duffy, duffy's in the, in the mix as well the um now who was the they they lost a key player um i'm Forgive me for not having this at the tip Paul, of my Paul, tongue. Paul Coots. Paul Coots. Paul Coots. Sorry, let me start again. Yeah, the beating heart of Sheffield is their midfield, and they're happy that nobody talks about it. Nobody notices that nobody's cherry picking their players. Fleck, Lundstrom, Evans, Duffy, as you mentioned, um, plus um, Paul Coots coming back from injury. That is. That's the fulcrum of their team. You've got Baldock and Enda Stevens, who played for Portsmouth against us in the Cup, on either flank. And up front, Clark and McGoldrick. They would, they did come in for Waghorn. They would like an upgrade on a striker because I think they've Clark, they've got Sharp, and they've got McGoldrick, who are good but not special, if that makes sense, as championship strikers. But a well-balanced team and a team that, with a good run, clear of injuries, and if they just keep going the way they are, and the bigger, more money teams struggle, they could easily find themselves sitting in the top six at the end of the season. Do you not think, Harry, now there's a now there's a year of evidence and video for people to look at? It's like, I remember doing our, um, doing our preview last year, and a Sheffield United fan tells me, oh, we're going to buzz about in midfield, and look out for the spare centre-half in the three getting forward. Lo and behold, off I go to Bramwell Lane. And Steve Basham scores the winner from seven. People are going to know about this now, though, aren't yeah. they? And they're going to know about Fleck as well, aren't they? They will do. Yeah. It's um, well, it's fun. It's it's knowing about them, but then it's doing something about them. And I, it might. It's a sixty-four thousand dollar question, isn't it? Really, I, I. They they are a they're a well balanced midfield, and when you look at teams through the prism of balance. If one player can't come up with an option, they have others who can. And particularly with Coots back, I think they... And Wilder's a canny manager. He knows that system incredibly well. And he will keep reinventing it. He will keep making the small tweaks. And particularly with McGoldrick up front, McGoldrick can actually liberate 
midfield players as well in the clever positions he takes and the way he, you know, his the geometry of his play can really help, um, you know, can help creative midfielders to, to you know, to unlock defences. So I think they will ask different questions. I don't think it's going to be the same old, same old from them. But um, as I say, we'll, 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 we'll know soon enough. Just quickly, Harry, um, what was the deal with Wilder at the end of the season? He had a big hissy fit, didn't he? And we thought, we thought he was possibly going to leave, and I was very, I was very surprised. Has that all kind of simmered down, and is all all forgiven because he's one of their boys? It, it it has. I think there was some uncertainty over the ownership and over the funding that he was going to get. I, that that's my from my reading. You know, you know, it, you can get into the arcane detail of it, and it's it's like any company's politics. You, nobody knows what actually really happened, um, but it has simmered down. Blades are happy. He's happy. He's for other players, you know. As I say, they, they've pursued Waghorn. They are looking for another striker to come in, and he's got his targets. I mean, certainly getting Egan in, getting Coots back. I think they feel they've enough to be going on with. Very good, very good. Right across the city we go. Yeah. Um, to the to the Owls. To the Owls. Right. Sheffield Wednesday, yes, who had a horrific sort of three or four months last season, where they really dropped down, and they'd always they'd always been seen from. I remember a couple of years ago you would look at their four strikers who they had at the time and think, you know, any combination would be, you know, a, a super front two and um, new coach. And then they picked up at the end of, at the yeah. end of last season. What's your, what's your take on, um, on Wednesday, Harry? Um, interesting. Um, the headline I put on the preview I did was that they're going to be massively, they feel they're, they are dark horses, they're going to be massively underestimated because people have forgotten about them mm. purely because they had an appalling season with injuries last year. I think when we played them, they had something like 13 players out. It was literally who's, you know, last man standing. So um, in that sense, they're... Um, they see themselves as dark horses because in each of the other seasons, they were, um, you know, when they had a full strength squad, they were, um, they, you know, they, they, they were firing on all cylinders and they were genuine playoff contenders. Now, a lot of those players have come back, have come back. Um, they finished last year with a 5-1 win against Norwich, which was a, you know, which was a, you know, very, very, very useful to us, actually. (laughs) Fantastic. And they've, they've been very, they actually, they haven't brought in any players at the time we're broadcasting. There haven't been any new arrivals. They've, they've weeded out a couple of fringe players, like uh, uh, some of the older players. Glenn Leuvens has gone to Celtic. Ross Ross Wallace, he was on trial, I think it was with Wigan or Bolton. I think it was Wigan. And he's been, uh, but he's still unattached. Um, And uh, Jack Hunt has gone to Bristol City and Jordan Rhodes has gone on a season-long loan to Norwich so they he's reshaped the squad a little bit but they haven't brought any players in but it's getting players back has been you know, under Luhukai that's been the that's been the big thing and initially they were skeptical about him but they've 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 kind they have warmed to him since um as 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 the months have gone by he, he was the manager of He's Dutch, if I'm not mistaken, and he did manage VFB Stuttgart, so he has got Bundesliga experience. He came in in January. He took he took over from Carvajal, and basically he's been nurt- he nurtured them through to the end of the season. And now that he's had a proper preseason, they're still all not fully fit, but they are all starting to come back. Um, three at the back in one of his midfielders. The back t- one of the teams he played against um, their final game was against Villarreal, but against Mansfield, the team I have up here. Lees, Van Aken and Fox across the back three. Um, 
and then the midfield three of Hutchinson with Pelopesi and Bannon. In, um, that's a, it's a decent three. Palmer and Reach as full as wing backs, and then up front he's got Forestieri, who was a huge miss last year, and Nohiu, who's turning into an absolute legend for them. And that is, an, you know, there's your perfect little and large combination. Nohiu was given a contract extension, um, but there are other players like um, who didn't feature. They've got people like keeper Kieran Westwood, Daniel Pudel, Lucas Joao, Marco Matthias. They're all kind of on the you know they're they're all coming back into play keep an eye on them they've they've um as i say luhukai has got them playing it's a, it's a, it's a nice it, they're a nice footballing team probably not a huge difference to the way carval had them playing but they are playing with a with a um with you know with with, de- with a definite personality and that three in midfield again gives them the balance that they're looking for um so they are proper dark horses because last year they had so many injuries. I don't think they're going to be as low as they, they were this year. I don't think they've been able to do much. Some of their fans were talking about financial fair play. That is an issue, I think. Um, so they haven't been able to augment the squad in any way. So it has just been a, it's been a very, it's been an incredibly quiet transfer window for them. But um, they're, but they, you know, they're happy with what they've got reach they like uh, but they think i think forestieri's role is going to be critical and one of the things they said was the carvajal actually used him as an out and out striker where he'd be bullied whereas luhukai has been actually dropping him into a wider role or pulling him a little bit further out and forestieri is one of those strikers who you feel if he can get some space he can actually cause real problems um now if they use him as a wing back i'm not so sure because i'm not sure how disciplined he would be defensively but if you were to play him as maybe as possibly on the left side of the three in midfield where he can actually break forward that could that could be a problem um, and they've got reach who's very versatile because he can play out wide but he can also play play in midfield as well um yeah it's as i said there's a lot of ifs there's a lot of ifs spots with sheffield wednesday this coming season but i think the the, the phrase that kept coming up time and time again was surprise package that my, they, they my, my view sorry harry my view go, go for it. is yeah I've got I've got um, shades of Norwich coming back, and I'll, I'll give you my analogy. Every, every year I thought Norwich were going to move on from Houlihan and replace him and go a different direction. No, they couldn't get anyone better. They couldn't get anyone better, and he would be there year after year. And I remember the idea was no, Nuiu's too big and too slow, and he's going to be. And we're moving on from Forestieri, and it's going to be Rhodes and Hooper, and that was where they were. That was where they were going um, last season, and. I, I always worry about okay we're shelving these two guys and from what you're saying no we're we're back on Forestieri and and Nuihu. um do you know what I mean it's like they weren't good yeah. enough they couldn't find anybody better and now they they're, they're good enough again what what would you think yeah. that's, that's that's very good I think there's a there's a there's a lot in that I think was was it Forestieri who who suddenly decided he wanted a transfer before they played Norwich actually a couple of years ago which is um which was which was um which was quite telling. Um, it's um, yeah, it's um, it could be that it's wishful thinking and that they feel that the the play, you know, the you know, we've got the you know, we've reformed the band and we're back on the road again and it'll be just like the old times. I don't know. They, I'm not sure it's a playoff team. I, it's, but I think it is. It's a competitive team. And Forestieri is a player. He can. I can see the parallel. I can see the parallel with Hulahan, all right. That he's a player. He's very inventive, and 
he's somebody who can keep he can keep you know if you give him a new Rubik's cube to solve with a different opponent yeah, every right, week yeah. he he will do that he will do that so um I think he, I think much of their season really does depend more on him than it does on uh, certainly that certainly than it would on 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 Nuhio up front um but I uh, yeah we'll 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 see I'm I'd be I'm intrigued by them I really am I think they are dark horses um whether they've got enough to sustain a top 6 campaign I'm not so sure I could see them finishing kind of Upper mid table, eight, nine, tenth, something like that. But um, but uh, for them, they they are still very worried about picking up injuries next year. They're, that that's their that is their fear. Um, and uh, but we'll see. Yeah. Very very good. Let's go to um New York, New York, New, New York, New York <laughs> Stadium. Yeah. We're not going to the Bronx. We're not yeah. going to Manhattan. <laughs> <laughs> What's the bit over the water? I can't remember. <laughs> Oh dear, I'm, I've never been. I can't say. Brooklyn, not, that's, Brooklyn, that's, that's, Brooklyn, yes. yeah. Brooklyn, yeah. No, we go well, to Rotherham. <laughs> yeah. Well, you, I let you lead off a little bit on this <laughs> yeah, right. because you saw their last competitive game. I did. I was at the playoff final, um, witnessing Paul Hurst. You know, going going to have a look, and I think a little bit of um, wiliness and experience of players at a higher level. Um, and a bit of extra fitness, dare I, dare I say, won won the day there um, for yeah. for Paul Warren. And interestingly enough, at the Milton Keynes game the other night, I took my I took my seat and I I looked over and I thought, oh, I recognise that guy, and it was Paul Warren. And I went and I went and had a chat to him, and he said, um, I said congratulations on the playoff, and he said, oh, that was surreal. Hursty is our mate, so it was all a little bit weird. Um, yeah. So mm. yeah, but. He managed to he managed to get them up. I really like Paul Warren because um, I always remember in that terrible season where they got very few points. Him saying, "Well, look, I don't really want the job, but I I'm kind of have to do it." And he's taken the job. He's done a whole season. He's got them promoted. He's done a very very good job. And now he's back up again. And all of the um, how can I be polite? All of the lowest common denominator pundits will say, "Oh, Rotherham relegated." There you go. Done. Doesn't even doesn't even need thinking about. Um, what what are their what are their expectations, Harry? They have great faith in Warren. Um, they they keep yeah. I hope you buy one other one other one Rotherham fan put it like this. He said, "I hope you buy wisely with the future in mind. Keep faith with Warren, whatever, and see the whole project as steady building, even if that does mean another relegation fight." Um, they have they have great faith with him. One of them says he's spot on with what he's doing, and realistically, this is our only way forward with the big boys in the championship. Um, the big fear is losing him if they do if they do well. Um, and if the worst happens, the, the, what they've done is they've kept the core of the playoff team together. In one of the preseason playoffs, eight, the eight of the play, eight of the team that won at Wembley are still with the club. The only three: Rodek, Josh Emmanuel, and Richie Tell, who were all lone players who've gone back. The rest of the team is still is still very much intact, and they've, they've and they're, they're building they're building very much around that. Um, the players they've brought in, again, clever lower league signings. Zach Viner has come on loan from Bristol City. Um, uh, Kyle Vassell, two from Blackburn. Um, Clark Robinson, Kyle Vassell, um, a defender and a striker. Um, and then, but interestingly, Sean Raggett has come, the defender, the Lincoln defender, ha, former Lincoln defender, has come over from Norwich as well on a season-long loan. Expensive so defender. Yes, he is actually. Now that you say that, that won't have been that will not have been cheap. But they're obviously looking again to strengthen the back line in a, 
at, with a view to then at least if we have that rock solid, we 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 can take it from there. There is a fear that they 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 lack quality, but they're kind of keeping one eye on if it does go wrong, rather than going through the chaos they had, um, where they were buying and selling players for fun. Um, a few years ago, when they when they made the two leaps up season after season, they um I think they'd rather they'd prefer to come up be stable. If they go down again, so be it. They can regroup and come back up again. But with you know they're, they're, what division they're in, I wouldn't say it's immaterial, but they're kind of taking it in a they're taking a longer term view. Um, but um, there's the the players that they've they've that have left are, are fringe players. They've they've very much it has not been. A huge it has not been a huge rebuilding exercise so that they are pretty much holding together what they've you know what they've got and hoping to push on from there um whether or not it'll be good enough i don't know but having a settled team does give you the advantage of usually a strong start in the championship because you haven't got a whole lot of players all getting to know each other and they have the memory of the Wembley win which they can then take forward they have that collective identity and personality and they have a manager who knows the DNA of the club incredibly well so it it it's it's certainly in a way they are trying to do what some of the progressive teams we talked about earlier are trying to do albeit from a lower base and it does give them their best possible chance of survival if they can get into the bottom six rather than the bottom three they can then use that then as a as a bridgehead and then push on from there i totally totally agree um i always think first two months um who am i more scared of a team with eight new players that spent a load of money or a team that's been winning for for a for a whole year. For example, yeah. ev- last September, everyone's like, "Oh, Sheffield United are good," and I'm like, "Well, they've been winning for six years." <laughs> do, do you know what? Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. teams yeah. get teams get used to teams get used to winning. And um, yeah, let, let's bring it up. Ipswich finished fifth in the Premier League 2001. They they probably won 60% of their games for the previous. Um, five years, hadn't they? So yeah. teams yeah. get used to winning. So I do, I do agree with you. I only think maybe it lasts the first two months. But and Millwall didn't. Millwall, Millwall didn't even win for a whole a whole um, yeah. season in their league one. They had a really good run at the end, and you, yeah. you get used to winning. And I suppose that is the um, that's going to be the that's going to be the thing for Rotherham. And, and I, I think you're right. I think the the stadium's nice and it's the it's one of these ones where you go to Milton Keynes and it's a beautiful stadium but it's the wrong stadium for for the size of club whereas Rotherham yeah. it's it's perfect yeah. you know it's all yeah. it's all fitted in they understand that there's Sheffield United and there's Sheffield Wednesday and there's Leeds these kind of Yorkshire behemoths and um I know what you say about the yo-yo club thing because it's all very well being a yo-yo club between the Premier League and the Championship and taking 68 million pounds in parachute payments, but yeah. it's not actually that helpful um, between uh, Championship and and League One, is it? No, no, no. It doesn't. It doesn't work like that at all. And if you drop down, it's you don't have the financial cushion necessarily to regroup. Um, and you can, but just as easily, if you do come up, you have one good season. And we'll, when we come on and look at Wigan and and and, and Blackburn, you know, it it's possibly less daunting to get established if you can get a couple of seasons we've seen it i mean they talked to themselves about millwall they've talked they've been talking about sheffield united they've been talking about other teams who have come up and who have actually said you know and they're not big teams preston aren't a huge team but yet they've got themselves up they've got themselves established and they've pushed on so it's not unachievable 
Very good. And just to, just to caveat that, I know Ipswich's first two games are against promoted clubs who have been winning for a year. I am. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna be a hypocrite and say I'm not scared. But you should always worry about you know a new manager versus a manager who's been you know ninety. Yeah. 95 points the previous season but there we go so harry that is our first um six of the teams and your first appearance on the podcast where can people find you on twitter and where can they continue to find your work on twtd well the 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 the, the um, my twitter handle is at harry from bath and um i generally link stories um link all the previews that i do plus um any occasionally if i find a particularly amusing quote you know i'll often just pop that up as well just for a bit of fun as you know you never you never know what you're going to come across you know what pearls of wisdom are out there and then over the, all of the previews are up on the front on the main page of twtd they're all you can find them all there there is a link on my twitter handle to them all actually you can find if you click on me and then look at all the tweets I've done it gives you a full list of them so you can find them all there um, and then during the course of the season if we're playing on a Saturday the notes will go up on a Friday and they'll be on the front page of TWTD and just as equally if we're playing on a Tuesday they'll go up on the Monday so um, so therefore it'll, it'll give you a, it'll give you a full briefing and we think we're going to see you pretty much every Friday on the podcast too well, fingers crossed. If, if you know, if people enjoy it, we'll keep doing it. Yeah, I'm sure they will. Harry, thank you very much, and we'll see you soon for the next bit of the journey wherever we're going. Right? Yes, our, our, yes, the next, our, um, uh, there and back again, as they say in the Hobbit. <laughs> Over and out. Thanks, thanks, Ben. The Talksport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the promotion running. Everyone is gathered round to watch. The McNuggets share boxes are there offering much needed distraction. Your mate's already been booked for double dipping, but in you swoop to steal the last nuggets and claim all three points. Oh, and there is the Harry Clark fist pump to celebrate. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in at participating restaurants. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.